Fashion Emergency Hotline. Help! I got rid of all my clothes. Breathe and explain. During Fashion Week, everyone looked fantastic, so I decided I needed a new wardrobe. Well, strut to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yes, they have gorgeous floral tops and super on-trend pixie pants to turn your sidewalk into a catwalk. And right now, pixie pants are just $25. $25? Yep, right now, pants and tops at Old Navy are 30 to 50% off. 30 to 50% off? Amazing. Thank you. Don't thank me. Thank Old Navy. Valid 915 to 923. Excludes denim and active pants. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio. Featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Welcome to Spiritual Insights. Welcome also to our latest installment in our new Masterclass Educational Series, Guidance from Spirit, Channeled Messages from Ascended Beings. I'm joined today by my special guest co-host, Danielle Gibbons, who has served as channel for Mother Mary since 1994, allowing Mother, in her distinct voice, to speak to and guide human beings directly. With this gift, she has served and assisted people worldwide to connect with Mother's love and grace. You can join us on the second Wednesday of each month at 3 p.m. Eastern. After a brief discussion, Danielle will allow Mother to come through. While we won't be taking live calls, I have made it possible for serious students and those who have read the book to submit questions and possible topics for Mother through my website, spiritualinsightsradio.com. The book is a beautiful compilation of Mother's teachings with contributions from Danielle that relate to Mother's teachings and illustrate how those teachings support her and our journey. It's available uh, on the website. It is called Mother Mary's Pathway to Love, Building a Loving Relationship with Yourself that Will Transform Your Life. The book's chapters provide a manual to assist the reader on a journey from darkness to the light of the deepest form of love, the unconditional love of self. Through the book, Mother Mary tackles illusions, shadows, personal sabotages, faith, miracles, forgiveness, and spiritual growth and living. Come study with us and take the next step in your spiritual awakening. Together, Mother Mary and Danielle inspire individuals to awaken and expand their consciousness through best-selling courses, life-changing retreats, radio appearances, and online events. Visit BelovedPublications.com where you can purchase the book and learn more about those courses and events. If you'd like to meet your spirit guides, Danielle has made a free mini-course available to do just that. I've done it. It's very effective. You will learn a lot. Just want you to know that if you'd like to immerse yourself in more of Mother's teachings, Danielle also appears in monthly segments on Conscious Talk Radio on the second Friday of each month with co-hosts Brenda Michaels and Rob Spears, a remarkable duo, both long-term cancer survivors through alternatives and teachers in their own right as they focus on natural treatments and holistic approaches to life and are dedicated to giving listeners back to themselves. Conscious Talk has been on the air since 2001, reaching an ever-growing group of listeners, searching for more by expanding their mind, body, and soul. 
Visit ConsciousTalk.net to access those appearances and know that I consider Brenda and Rob both friends. Well, I'm excited to get started, so let's all learn together. Welcome back to the show, Danielle. I'm happy to be with you again. Thanks, Charlotte. It's great to be here, and what a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I try to keep it fresh. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. How... So when we last spoke, you had just moved into your new home on a sacred piece of property. How is that going? It's going really well. It's going really well. We're we're happy here, and I, I just oh I don't know. There's something about it being my own and um, feeling really strongly that it was provided by mother. You know that feeling that I mean I did the footwork but I didn't bring it. And yes. then the feeling that she brought this to my son and I and and provided this for us it feels so much more special. You know, and it's it's like a ooh I get to live here rather than oh boy, you know, I have to move and I have to find this and now it feels more like a privilege. Uh, and so I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. Yes, and that makes all the difference. Um, I got to experience that uh, in the fall when I moved, and it has made And you know what? I was thinking of this yesterday. It has made a difference in my life, but I thought yesterday it occurred to me um, that it's not so much that I match my new home. It's that the vibration here matches me better since I have – so much over the past few years, if that makes sense. Just, this is just a better vibrational Absolutely. match for who I am now. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I feel the, exactly the same way. Yeah. Mm. I don't think I would have been ready for sacred ground. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> so, it's yes. a, yeah, it's definitely a, a good match. Definitely. Good. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I wanted I wanted to touch briefly. I I know I mentioned in the introduction the uh, guided meditation that Mother recorded and that you made available about meeting your spirit guides. And I just wanted to talk about my experience really quickly because we I know we have other things to move on to. But uh, when I sat down to do it, um, I didn't review it first. I just sat down and I did it. But I had a really good experience. And when Mother discusses embracing shadow as well as light because and we talked last time about it being a support system that's how I understood it because it really became clear that yes there are negatives and there are uh, various forms of quote-unquote things that we feel hold us back but it's those things that make us dig in our heels and I got to see quite a few of them and it was startling at first but I just relaxed a little bit and and let them keep coming and said, okay. And so I've been working on that and it's a a fabulous journey. Great experience. And I just want to thank you for putting it out there. Um, Did you have largely the same experience when you did it or something different? I, I did. I, well, I tell you, honestly, um, I never uh, practiced that after it was channeled, but I've been practicing that for from the very, very beginning. It's, it's very similar to the way Mother and I worked from the very beginning, she and I. And, and as I did the, this uh, meditation with her, 
in really learning how to connect with her and listen and, and feel her presence. Um, it was uh, easy then to feel the the rest of my team. So that's what I call it, my spiritual team around me, um, which, you know, Jesus came very quickly after uh, after mother. And uh, for me, they seem to be a, a matched set. You know, they're, uh, for me, Jesus is the sort of uh, that representation of eternal father and, and uh, mother Mary is that representational of divine mother. So um, those are my, I, I feel my bigger balancing points with, uh, with spirit. And then there were the other, you know, angels and uh, my ancestral guides and even um, animals spirit guides or animal totems, that came more easily for me as I kept doing this meditation. And when Mother and I first started together, she asked me to do that every morning uh, for a few years. So So I can tell you it worked extraordinarily well for me. And it's one of the ways in which I have been able to hold so much of her energy in my body and my being when I when I work. So, um, mm. so the short answer would be yes. It's it works extremely well uh, for me as well. But I just wanted to explain that I I did it. I was doing it years before that channeling actually took place. Okay. Well, yeah. I have to I have to say my my eyes you know kind of wide when you said a few said those statements you just made about uh them being kind of like a pair and because it it speaks directly to how I've been feeling and uh-huh. in my mind you know how you try to make a joke just to lighten something up i um i, I you know jesus is my my um best friend he's my Yep. Teacher, he's my lord. He's my boss. He's my boss. Yep. I, you know, I don't do anything without consulting. But um, it's different now. And when you said he's like the father, that's how I've been feeling. And so to put mm-hmm. it in a, in one statement to encapsulate the entire feeling is with now the bookends of mother and Jesus, and yep. feeling that palpable support. It feels for the first time in my life like I have parents. That makes uh, sense. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. And you just it said it out loud, basically. Yeah. So, yep. wow, what a feeling. Because, you know. It is. It is. And even though I did have parents and they loved me and all that good stuff, but to have that masculine and feminine representation through with unconditional love and acceptance. Well, that's a whole nother ball game. You know, that, that is extraordinary uh, and something that I needed. You know, I, I needed to experience that love both from the masculine and feminine without reservation, mm-hmm. without condition, you know, to be seen and heard and accepted fully. I personally needed that in order to uh, grow, in order to be mm-hmm. comfortable in my own skin, in my own life. Um, yes. And I know I not agree. everybody needs that, but that just has the, you know, that's what worked best for me. I did because I always felt it was up to me, quote unquote, everything. Mm. And I, and I couldn't yeah. 
relax enough to rely on spirit. But, you know, early on in my life, I transferred my feelings over to God and, and said, you know, God is my father. And yet in this context, Jesus does have that fatherly energy. So it makes mm-hmm. sense. Like normally, like in my mind, that little joke I was referring to was I would refer to Jesus in the past couple of months. I hope it's, I hope it comes off as funny as it is inside my head. Um, Jesus is my brother from the blessed mother. Instead of my brother from another mother, I made it the blessed right, mother. Right. And so I've been chuckling about that, but he does have That's that fatherly true. energy and that yeah. Um, discipline. There's a certain discipline yes. for it because that's also a component that I need. So it's interesting. It yeah, interesting. and I've I've personally never been drawn to. Well, of course, we in Western society often think of the word God as representing Jehovah, um, which is both in Judeo and Christian tradition, um, because of course the word Allah or Shiva or Buddha, you know, these all conjure different imagery. But God often is representational of Jehovah. And I personally have never been drawn to him as an energy, as an entity. Um, and so that was not, not really a turnoff. It was just sort of a non-starter for me. So mm. Jesus really filled that role of father, of, you know, eternal father and, uh, for me. And I'm so grateful because... I just his energy is easy for me to resonate with. It it feels very supportive, loving. Yeah, him and him and mother feel very similar in a lot of respects. And yes. whatever the essence is, it 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 resonates well for me. Mhm. <laughs> and I know they're talking. I know they consult with each other about this, and and sometimes when mother's speaking, there'll be a pause, and I was and I thought last time, I think he's talking to her. Anyway, well, we had a topic we wanted to touch on, um, um, however briefly, with respect to taking action. We thought that would be a good idea. Yeah. Why don't if you want to take it away, and then um, you know what? Before we do that. You had mentioned previously that you made something new available to the listeners. Let me give you an opportunity to tell them about that, and then we'll chat. Yes, I have uh, recently sort of overhauled my blog, and I'm I'm creating short, wonderful videos of Mother's teaching uh, where she's channeling on a whole variety of topics, and they range anywhere from six to eight minutes. Um, they're free to watch on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. And, um, but if you sign up for the community and take advantage of the fabulous free mini course on meeting your spirit guides, then you're also the first to know when I release one every two weeks and makes it easier to just click on it and watch it. Uh, and I have, people are loving them. They're so powerful, loving, and great reminders that just come every few weeks. And uh, I've been consistent. That's, of course, um, been an issue for me (laughs) a lot of my life, which is why this topic of taking action is a great one for me today. Um, But (laughs) I've managed to be fairly consistent. And Mother has asked me, we've decided on Wednesdays as the release date, so every other Wednesday, uh, you'll get a great uh, mother video in your inbox if you sign up for my community. 
can it get more beautiful than that in this day and age with this technology than we have I Mother know. Mary there to give us that boost? That's beautiful. We're, Thank you for doing we're that. We're so lucky. Sure yeah, you're welcome. We are. We are. Oh, my. Well, so let's get to taking action because I recently hit a bump because I did not take action because I've been so <laughs> excited about the projects I'm working on, and I let something slip <laughs> through my fingers and then through the cracks in the floor, and now I'm up against a serious deadline, but it's okay. But, I, you know, I yeah. have that kicking myself feeling, and yeah. I, thought that, I thought that, you know, as I sit down and say, okay, how did you do this to yourself? And I figured it out. And so we're going to chat about that for a couple minutes. Why don't you start off, uh, since it was initially your idea, and then I will support with additional concepts. Well, the reason that this has been coming up for me is uh, the more that I dive into my spiritual life and I listen to other people and explore, you know, I read about or I hear about their spiritual life and friends and people I'm close to, I I keep coming back again and again to the my shadow always wants to convince me that if I think about something enough I can change it or I can make it so my shadow loves to convince me that I don't need to take action that it's really all about self knowledge and I and I every time I get trapped in that, I realize that I'm, I'm basically deluding myself. I'm I am procrastinating on taking action because I'm afraid. I'm afraid of the outcome. I'm afraid it's not going to match my expectations. I'm afraid it's you know that's the the shadow convinces me that it's it's going to be a downer. You know, it's not going to work out the way I want it to work out. And so I wait and 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 I wait. And I create a world of pain for myself and problems. So Uh I've been thinking recently about what is the breakdown? Like what, what happens when we finally get to that place where we are uh, willing to take action like what what is the process that gets us from deep in procrastination and then into action but not just into action the first time but then ultimately into consistency with that action mm. does that make sense am i making that makes, like, yeah no it makes perfect sense uh, and I do would, you have an idea as to what takes you out of the procrastination zone? Well, you know, it's a it's always that series of uh, of another action. That's a little bit why I kept getting like, oh, is it the chicken or the egg? You know, what goes <laughs> first? Because I thought, well, what are the things that I do to get myself out of procrastination? And they're all actions. You know, <laughs> all taking action. And mm-hmm. so I think that. One of the things that I've learned is I have to break things down sometimes into the smallest, minute part. I read an article once about this um, woman who very desperately needed to start exercising. She was overweight. She had um, 
problems, all the problems that came with being obese, uh, diabetes and things. And the doctor was like, you know, I really wanted to put you on an exercise routine. And she said, I just, I can't, I won't do it. I've tried over and over again. I've joined a million gyms. I've done, you know, blah, blah, blah. I can't do it. And, and he knew that she spent a lot of her day sitting on the couch watching television, daytime television. And he said, you know, what are the shows that you love to watch the most? And she listed them, right? So he said, okay, and I'm just making a, I don't remember exactly the shows, but let's just say it was Judge Judy. He said, okay, when Judge Judy comes on, as soon as it starts, can you get up and walk around your couch three times? And she said, okay, yeah, I could do that. And he said, that way you can see the television. You're not going to miss any part of the show. You're just going to walk around the couch three times. And so then she would increase that, and that was the agreement, is she would go once around the couch, you know, one more time. The next day she'd add four and five until she felt ready to go walk around the block. And so all this walking around the couch actually, you know, got her blood moving and uh, got some clarity in her head. And she was feeling just, you know, a touch better. And she thought, I, I think she just hit this day one day where she said, I, I think I can go walk around the block. And, oh. you know, now, of course, fast forward the story and she's exercising regularly. She's at a healthy weight. Her diabetes is under control, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the doctor managed to, you know, instead of making it, oh, you need to go join a gym and pay a trainer and you have to work out X amount of time every day, three times around the couch. <laughs> and I, I keep that in my head. Like, can I just, I break everything down into that. It's like, can I just go three times around the couch? And uh-huh. it's hard to say no. It's hard as an adult, as a functioning adult, it's hard to say no to that. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure. It, it's hard for your logical mind to say, no, I cannot do three times around the couch. <laughs> I may uh-huh. not want to do it. I may not want to do it. But can I do it? You know, am I able to do three times around the couch? And, I, and I've started to learn that if I break everything down into its tiniest bite-sized portions, that I'm able to take it in, you know, and I, and I have to start some things, not everything, but some things, particularly if they're big things, big scary things. Yes. I have to start like that small. Yes, I think we all should. Some people, you know, like in Aries, Aries people, they're fascinating. They want to do something with it, the whole thing's done. It, it blows my mind. Um, wow. But for me, I, I am a slow, steady person. I am a Capricorn. So I need that mm-hmm. slow, steady, progressive plan and uh, checklist and it, all that stuff to make me feel emotionally safe. Um, but I, yep. I loved everything you just said, and the notes that I took pretty much match it. <laughs> <laughs> Let, here's what I just noticed. When, as you were talking, I wrote down, what is the process that takes us out of procrastination to action? And as I wrote the word procrastination and looked at the letters, which are, you know, my the listeners have heard me say everything's energy. So a letter is an energetic symbol. You put it together and you form a word and then put more together and 
you string it along and you and take a subject and a predicate, smash it up against the back of it, and you've got a sentence, and then it goes from there. But it does, like you said, start at that most minute energy of the letters. And I noticed pro-action is part of the word procrastination. Oh, my gosh. Just an interesting so observation. Because the that's energy hits me when I write. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it begins pro with pro. Action. And then you have the C, and just move that to the end for Asian. Pro-action, or I'll do an acronym thing on it later, but I just wanted to say that I pointed, that kind of jumped out at me when I wrote it. But yeah. here's what I wrote. It was a list of, a small list of five things. Um, and we say this often here in many different ways, so this is a nice opportunity to say it in even one more different way in concurrence with what Danielle said. Number one is to be aware. Be aware that you're, that you procrastinate or that you put things off or that you're afraid. You know, and move into acceptance and tell yourself that's okay. It's okay to be yep. you. Then yes. take the take the emotion of excitement because what's bothering us and holding us down are other emotions. Like you said, the fear that it won't be the outcome you imagine, patients won't be met, that it will that perhaps it will teach you something about that you tried to deny or disown. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to then you have to take responsibility for that side of you that you abandoned and now feel guilty for. Take it. Take it down those channels, but lightly, and then make bring excitement into it. Cancel out all the negatives and bring excitement into it and connect, for instance, okay, whether losing weight or finding a job or, say, you just need to get organized in your home. You want, you want your home to feel different because it, something doesn't feel right. That's always a good place to start because yeah. organization is an energy uh, focuser. So what yeah. I wrote was connect to how it will feel, don't say, well, I'll feel happy when I lose the weight or when I get a new job. Connect to how it would feel when you do and bring that back to the present and then embrace that. And that will free up the energy and make your focus sharper and make a straight line between you and what you want as opposed to um, with the fears putting twists and turns in the path. This way you have a direct path to your goal. And then start small in cases of, overhauling something like an office or a house or your career start small and then build from there like you said be enthusiastically consistent no matter how pessimistically you feel in other words fake it till you make it we all get down we all get depressed but you know what if you're going to be depressed you might as well get busy while you're while you're feeling that and walk around your couch i generally tell people just start with five crunches just start with five Get up and walk away. Yep. In time, your body's going to crave more because it knows what you're trying to do. It knows That's you're right. trying to support its health. So before long, it's going to, why don't, while you're on the floor, why don't you just do five more? And then that goes to 15, 20, and 25. And, but, but take this principle and apply it to any area of your life that you feel needs change or improvement, whether it's your health, and, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And just and I, lastly, lastly, just Get, start to get organized no matter what you want to change because in getting organized, it gives you a sense of balance and control and that will energize other action and bigger possibilities in your mind. And that's all I have. Absolutely. That's awesome. And when I, what I equate with organization is structure. Mm. And that's what I love so much about the story is that the doctor took the time to figure out what, you know, what her shows were and to pick one show that was like the starting point. 
so that she didn't sit there all day on the couch thinking, oh, I really need to take those three laps around the couch, really need to take those three laps around the couch. You know, they agreed on a structure that when Judge Judy started, that's where she hops up. Well, maybe not hops up, but you know what I mean. Gets up yeah, and does, yeah. her, does her three laps. Like that's the that's the signal to do the three laps. So it and she watched Judge Judy every day. So it was it was going to happen every day, uh, and it, you know, and there, that was deliberate on the doctor's part. And so that organization for me always translates into structure. So what's the structure? Because I find, for me, that if I don't have support, I can't, I just don't do well. You know, it's like we were talking about having mother and Jesus in our lives. You know, that is a support system that, for me personally, I I have to have. So to create a structure, to commit to a structure, to decide on one that is simple, that I know is going to work, that I believe I can be consistent with because I used to, you know, it's the same thing. I'd, I'd create this elaborate fantasy structure where I was doing, you know, a hundred crunches the first time I lay down to do them. And, you know, I never got to the first five because I had created a fantasy structure. Mm-hmm. It's not po- you know, that's not possible. If I haven't done it in 10 years, yeah, I'm not going to sit down and do 100. I can't, my, you know, <laughs> back would be like, okay, so now we're not getting up, right? <laughs> and, so, and, and supporting the idea that you were right not to do this stuff in the first place if you, if you strain your muscles, you know? Oh, I was right. That's I exactly do it. right. And, and that's the way the shadow works to say, oh, gosh, see, you're not meant to do crunches, so don't ever do them again because look what just happened. You hurt yourself. Or the first yoga class you went to, uh, gee, gosh, look at that, you hurt yourself. So you probably shouldn't go back to a yoga class. So, you know, I've over the years I've, I've used all kinds of tricks and help supports to get me going. If I wanted to take a yoga class, I remember I called all my girlfriends until I found one who also wanted to start yoga, and we did it together. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, Charlotte, it was so hard to not show up to class because I knew she was going to be there (laughs) waiting for me. Okay. And she felt the same way. We we took yoga together for three years uh, until I moved away. But, you know, it was – it was wonderful. It was wonderful to have that support, that accountability. Um, I've bookended things with people, like friends, to say, hey, uh, I'm about to get up and do those three laps around the couch, and then call mm-hmm. back and say, I just finished the three laps around the couch, or send a text. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, if accountability goes a long way for me. It's, it's motivating, and there's a reward. You get to spend time with a favorite friend. That's right. That's right. Your body, and they, thank uh, they, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And even if they're just texting you back to say, great job and love you, and it's a connection. You know, I just made a connection, sure. and I got the benefit of the laps around the couch. Well, I think it's funny. It sounds like that doctor used neuro-linguistic programming on the subject of the article. You know, as soon as she hears Judge Judy, click time to spring into action 
Yeah. And it's that yeah. NLP thing, like when I when like when you're hypnotized, when when I say this, you're going to bark like a dog. Okay, you're going to get up and circle <laughs> that couch. Um, so no yeah. doubt they might have they might have used that, whether knowingly or unknowingly, might have used that. But yeah, and I have to add that you know for me, I find comfort in routine and structure. I'm yeah. like I described myself earlier. I'm just that way. And many of us are until we get to a point where we can be spontaneous and feel comfortable in that spontaneity. I'm not always a spontaneous person. I am a planner. So. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I, yes, I, I tend to be that as well. And, and so I, I need that structure until I feel really safe with what I'm doing. And just like you said, then yes, I can kind of launch into spontaneity and uh, try try different ways of doing it, uh, but I need routine for a while before I feel comfortable with it. Yes, and the reason I recommend crunches is this, because Jesus told me that's what he started me out on, just do five. And he Love said the it. reason I want you to do this is because when you contract, get in touch with those those core muscles, you're actually activating your third chakra. And that's your issue. You don't feel personally empowered to do what you want to do. And this will get you energetically prepped, prepared to then focus mentally. So that's what I did. I started with five and before long, um, it, that increased. And then over time, it got to uh, quite a few repetitions of 50. And I was at like 200 crunches a day. And my wow. body would be like, hello. It's time for the third set. And this would be like right around 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock at night. Yeah. It's time for the third set. And if I didn't do it, something was missing or it wouldn't leave me alone kind of feeling yeah. like, okay, okay, let me get this done, get that sense of satisfaction, and then yeah. whenever I wanted, I could do the final set if I chose. And then go to bed with a smile on my face knowing that I was good to my body and my body was responding. That's a great feeling, isn't it? It is such it's a good sure. feeling. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree. Absolutely. I agree. So do you think then, Danielle, we don't get too many chances to talk. It, I would assume mother is listening right now. Do you think she would yes. kind of dovetail on what we're talking about and kind of dive into that? Or does she generally Absolutely. have a topic? Absolutely. Okay. She loves that subject. Oof. Oh, okay. Loves it. <laughs> All right. Because I don't know if she has like an, an idea. I, I think I'll speak to this subject next time and then and I can I, I do my best to hang in there and hang in with her and ask ask the questions that I know the listeners need to hear those answers. Um but okay, just getting used to the process here I guess. Yeah, we'll do both. You know, she can talk a little bit about action and, and then if you have questions uh for her from your listeners then absolutely dive into that. Okay. Sounds good. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. Well, All hang right. on just a second. Let's bring her in. <clears throat> Nighty night, Danielle. I guess I'll, I'll talk to you when you <laughs> when, when you come back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
Hello, beloved one. Hello, Mother Mary. How are you? I am well, my dear. But then I am always well. Hmm? I know. And how are you, beloved? I'm okay. I uh, I was explaining to Danielle that I was a, a bit upset yesterday and today because I realized I did not um, follow through on a task that I needed to, and now I'm in, uh, shall we say, a, a tight spot. I can I can figure it out. I'm okay, but at first I was very disappointed in myself. Um, mm. But the first thing that made me feel better was yesterday I was sitting on my – I have a little porch, really, really nice little – area where I can sit and it's screened in and then when I was thinking what am I going to do a a small feather floated from behind my head I don't know how it got inside the porch because it's enclosed but this feather which looks like a dove feather just arrived and very slowly descended to the floor and kind of got me grounded again so that was nice but I just um I did my thing I made a few phone calls it's okay I'll be fine good very good And this is a wonderful uh, example of when your shadow uh, asserts itself to the point where you have put something off and when you've put it off, when you have not taken the action that you know you need to take, when you are experiencing the consequences of that, it is vital vital that you look for ways, signs from your spirit guides, those that love you and support you, you look for ways to let go of the shame and the guilt. So shame and guilt are two of your shadow's most powerful tools as a human being. Yes. It's all right to feel them. It's natural. It's normal. All of that. But when you recognize that what's happening is the guilt, uh, you feel disappointed in yourself, you are blaming yourself, whatever words you use to, um, to identify those feelings, I want you... And I'm using the word you, but of course I mean you, Charlotte, and all that are listening and will listen. I want you to stop, identify that what you are feeling is shame, one form of shame or guilt, and ask yourself, what can I do in the moment to relieve some of this shame and guilt. And my two suggestions are that one, you breathe deeply, you breathe through it. Imagine that the shame and the guilt are like um, dense energy, all right? And your Mm -hmm. job is to breathe light and air into that density to sort of break it apart a little bit, make some space for discovery, for curiosity, for transformation. And while you are breathing, ask those that are in spirit to help support that opening, that transformation. 
That's okay. something you can do wherever you are, whatever's happening, because sometimes you don't have access to friends and people that you like processing things with. Sometimes you're just on your own. And this is a great way to pause the guilt and the shame and breathe into it and let it slowly open and soften. So that makes room for love. It makes room for compassion, which is vital for the shift. It makes room for understanding. And this is my favorite part. It makes room for choice. So you can say to yourself, okay, do I like this feeling? Do I want to uh, repeat this behavior of procrastination with this particular issue? Uh, Do I want to take action or steps that will alleviate procrastination in relation to this particular issue? Because when the guilt and shame are so big, you don't feel like you have a choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems to obscure all your natural gifts, your uh, abilities, and what people are often left with is that feeling of, um, well, since there's just all this shame and guilt, then I guess the next logical thing to do is to punish myself. Mm-hmm. And that leads, of course, everyone knows where that leads to. Yes, it can make the situation much worse and cause even more problems and exacerbate the procrastination. So I find that with most things. If there's something simple you can do in the moment, in the very moment that you recognize you're beating yourself up or you feel very depressed about what's happened or you're very disappointed with what's happened, you can stop and breathe right into that dense disappointment, right into that dense uh, shame. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. And that will... mm-hmm. Give you the opportunity to discover choice, to discover options, to discover a different way of doing it. And if you're ready, don't ever just tackle procrastination. Too big. Too big. Mm. People mm-hmm. will always procrastinate. That's life. That's human. That's normal. But it's better to focus on individual experiences of procrastination. Take yours, for example. Now mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to say, hmm, is this something I want to relive next time? Or am I willing as you and Daniel spoke about, am I willing to organize myself in such a way that I can create a loving structure 
that makes it so I don't feel the need to procrastinate around this particular thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Yes, beautiful. I'm so glad you feel that way, beloved. Thank you. I, no, I do. I knew I knew what was happening. I just had to go. I let myself go through it for a little while, and I yes. I, I did what I've. I've been practicing for a time and what um, mother when we do try to tackle the entirety of procrastination what are the drawbacks to that is like you said exacerbating and kind of getting stuck in quicksand and getting more mired in it it only makes it worse if because tackling would be struggling against it is that the, the deeper level big. there Yes, just too big. And uh, people don't do well when they are overwhelmed. Uh, They might get things done. They might complete a project. uh, They might actually make headway. But they're rather miserable when they're doing it. Mm. So if you want to um, tackle procrastination with love, rather than fear, just as the two of you were talking about earlier, you want to break it down. So if procrastination is a big issue in your life, then you want to break it down to its smallest part and ask your soul, ask your being, what is uh, the one thing, the one, only one, what is the one thing that I am continually procrastinating on that feels ready to shift. And there will always be something at the front of the line. And it might be something so small, like flossing your teeth every day. Mm -hmm. Now, how long? That takes, what, two, maybe three minutes at the Uh most. And so you think, okay, am I willing to take three minutes out of my day, every day, are my teeth worth it? Is my dental hygiene worth it? But more importantly than teeth and dental hygiene, will this help my soul? Will this help transform a little bit of old shadow that's ready to transform into light that is a declaration of saying, I am worthy of having wonderful, healthy teeth. And Mm. it's only three minutes a day. So something so small, and of course, as you all know now, uh, your teeth are the gateway to an extraordinary amount of health or illness in the whole of your body. So uh, something that you do for only three minutes out of 24 hours a day can be a huge declaration and have an enormous far-reaching domino effect of improved health in your body going forward. Does that make sense? That's beautiful. And I love the domino effect. 
writing that. I take notes while you're speaking, Mother. Um, mm. I, I found a, a creative way around that. And, mm. I, you know, I, I, I put something in the mirror. You know, flossing is exhausting, but it's well worth the effort. And, I, you know, you do little things to get around yourself or, or that shadow side. So what I did was yeah. I, I kept the product that I use uh, where I sit to watch TV. And when the TV comes on, I get to work. And ah, that, way, that way I'm not exactly. sitting still. I keep, I keep right. my hands busy folding clothes or flossing and things of that nature. Wonderful. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, that is fine too. You are combining your time, your enjoyment in front of the television, and mm-hmm. you are combining it with getting some things done that uh, make it more pleasurable to do those actions because you get to watch television while you do it. And that is uh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. And to speak to your point where it's, so, it's too overwhelming to tackle uh, procrastination, you go for the smaller things. Um, if I can put them really super practical terms, um, even with, I, I tell people, you know, look at your emotions and, and discover what makes you feel frustrated. And if you find, and I'll use this example, if you find that a lot of housework all at once is overwhelming, then break that up into a schedule and do smaller loads of laundry. Don't let the the sink get too full. Otherwise, you're going to be frustrated with yourself. You're not frustrated with the laundry or the dishes. You're frustrated with yourself for letting it get so large that you can't actually Yes. And a wonderful extra thing that you can do for yourself, and this is a mindset, and it takes time, but if you practice it, it can be the most powerful mindset for a living. It's very simple, but if you switch that from I have to do the dishes to I get to do the dishes, meaning that you get to have dishes to eat off of, to serve your food on, Uh, so that you are not eating on the floor or off a newspaper, you have a home. When you say, I get to do the dishes, I get to do laundry, that means you get to get into bed with clean sheets and you get to pull uh, clean underwear on each day and a clean shirt. These are privileges instead of, oh, the electric bill is so high, this is terrible, it drains my resources and there's a resentment and a grumbling. I get to pay the electricity bill because I get to have electricity. And you think of all the extraordinary things that come to you because you have electricity. This is a choice you make to live in a home with electricity, uh, to eat off of dishes. These are all choices that you make, and you get to take care of all these things. You get to uh, the privilege of having them and caring for them or paying for them. Uh When you shift that, I get to floss my teeth. It's a privilege. Uh, Think about living uh, a few hundred years ago and imagine the lack of dental hygiene that existed. And you think, wow, I get to floss my teeth. Mm -hmm. When things shift from 
a burden to a privilege. It's exactly like the utilization of gratitude in your life. To be grateful for the dishes that you get to wash because that means you have dishes to eat your food on, to cook your food in. Uh, Gratitude that you get to floss your teeth and you get to keep all your teeth, unlike in the 1600s where people were lucky to hit 30 with teeth. Hmm? Wow. These are all things that are extraordinary privileges that are easy to lose sight of. And when you take for granted the privileges in your life, you begin to take for granted your very life. Your life is a gift. It is a privilege. All that happens within your life, these are privileges, opportunities, extraordinary gifts. Flossing, my beloved, is a miracle of modern science and understanding and hygiene and health. If you treat it that way, then all of a sudden flossing uh, is completely different. And you don't mind doing it at all. You look forward to it. You think, gosh, my mouth feels so much better when I floss mm-hmm. than when I don't. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. And I made a note. I wrote, what you care for takes care of you. So it's that circular reference. And nurse, self-nurturing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. speaking of washing dishes, um, I often say to the listeners and my students that um, when you keep the hands occupied, I, I, I want them to now I hear this from your perspective. When you keep your hands occupied, it occupies a part of the mind, um, whether we call it ego or the busyness of the mind, and allows uh, communication to truly occur. So uh, I guess about a week ago, time doesn't matter, uh, but I was washing dishes and I go into a meditative state because mm-hmm. my hands are busy. Yeah. And something occurred to me with regard to what we spoke about the first time with regard to Mother Earth. And it was one of those revelations. I know I've, I've, I like science. You know, I do, I do love Mm. science and I'm sure I've thought about it, but just not to this level. So what came through made my spine straighten up and made my eyes go wide. Like, okay, I get it a much more deeper, deeper level. May I describe my experience for you? Please. Yes, beloved. What? Well, I, was, um, I, I wasn't thinking about anything in particular, but Mother Earth came to mind and um, looking at the new death of my relationship with her. And then it occurred to me, there is a triangular, I have to draw this, there is a triangular energetic connection between the sun and the moon. And so they must so then be part of that contract or at least an agreement inside of the contract where they help us for lack of a better word, to solidify the illusion of time and space in, in utilizing their cycles with regard to, the, to Mother Earth and the rotations in the orbits and then helping us by stretching uh, the appearance of time to be linear when we all know it's not. But this helps us to be in this 3D plane with those affixed, I want to say, energies contributing and then contributing to life on the planet and cycles and all of that stuff. But it it all hit me in one flash where I had to kind of break it down mm. and draw it out for myself. Am I on the right track? Yes, beloved. And all the things that uh, each planet 
the stars, everything in the solar system, the way it's set up, gravity, your different layers of atmosphere, these are all designed to help you uh, to live in the third dimension, correct? Mm, okay. That uh, these are, um, they work together. They all work together to help with, as you say, the time and space and the way it's perceived through the human mind and the human uh, body. Yes, wonderful, wonderful. Well, I, I thought it was very fascinating and interesting, and then I had to laugh because, and now that you understand this, Charlotte, now you have to rise above that and mm. see it from a new perspective. Um, yes. So that's a lot of effort. So. I don't, I don't, I don't know, even know what to ask you about it. But is it what is our job then to see um, see the illusion for what it is, be in the world but not of it, and then um, correct our perceptions so that we are aligned with truth and love, right? Yes, indeed. And um, it's not so much uh, black or white, be in the world but not of it, because you are of it. You are human and you are uh, very much of it. Um, okay. So it is not so much about rising above it. And I'm only tweaking your imagery, beloved, all right? But the essence of what you're saying is so. But okay. it's more about expanding within it to encompass the more. So you all are on an evolution of awakening to yourselves as divine, not in spite of your humanity, but because of it. When you Mm -hmm. acknowledge that you are divine as a human being, that divinity is not something you're waiting to achieve, that uh, that goes back to the whole heaven and hell, that mythology that um, you're just here, not you specifically, but many people feel this is more something to be endured before they get to paradise or to heaven. And that is the mythology. The actuality is that you are uh, divine as you are now and evolution, ascension, um, awakening, uh, it all is about you coming to the understanding, the recognition, the acceptance, and finally embracing and celebrating your divinity as you are now, today, human. Hmm? Yes, beautiful. Mother, was there another topic you had planned to speak about? Uh, I never know no, what you'll beloved. talk about. I always uh, I give uh, the topics to Danielle, and uh, whenever she's making suggestions, that is what I love to come and talk about. But I'm also very happy to answer the questions of your listeners, beloved. Um, okay. I'm happy to serve, my dear. Hmm? Okay. Well, uh, I'm looking at my notes that I made while Danielle and I were talking about taking action and procrastination. And uh, the energy of the word procrastination hit me when I wrote it. And Mm -hmm. my vision kind of shifted. And I could see inside the word procrastination, the word pro and the word action. Is there more to this? I I haven't sat to analyze it. 
but is there something you can point to that helps us see inside that word with, I don't know, yes. but I just noticed because, there's pro and action inside the energy of that word. Yes, because like all good things in the shadow, procrastination is the energy of it is designed to help you saturate in that frustration to finally when you throw up your hands and say, enough, I am done with doing this to myself over and over again. I'm willing to make a change. Even if, as the two of you spoke about, it's just three laps around the couch. I'm going to commit to that or five crunches. I'm going to do it every day because I'm sick and tired of feeling the way I feel when I procrastinate. The energy of procrastination is the pro-action of pushing you to your bottom of any <gasps> issue. Mm? Oh, I love mm? that. So this is how you know that the shadow is indeed light and love. It is that energy that forces you to see yourself as you are, and if you're willing, even in that frustration at the very bottom, you can see yourself as hope, as love, as worthy of moving from that bottom in a direction that is better for you, that is more kind to you, loving to you, nurturing to you. Mm? All right. Mm, beautiful. Okay. Well, I had, uh, in speaking to Jesus uh, some time ago, he had said he would give me questions to ask you. And uh, this morning he told me to ask you about Thomas uh, from the Bible and that it would um, be appropriate to how I was feeling this morning. Does that yes. feel like I'm... something you want to talk about? Yes, and uh, even though the nickname Doubting Thomas came to him, but I prefer to look at his um, journey, his writings, his struggles, his more in the relation to curiosity, right? Mm -hmm. And keep in mind when it was written and the culture and all of that, but if you can look at it with fresh eyes, with fresh feeling, what you can begin to discern is that this individual had an extraordinary curiosity. And so if you look at things, most um, gifts or issues, most of your issues are really just gifts in disguise, right? So doubts, when you place more love and focus on your doubts and really see them for what they are, what you can discover is that it's really your curiosity with a little too much fear added into the mix. So mm. the more you can address those fears, give yourself reassurance in any way that is good for you, what you'll discover under that fear is an extraordinary curiosity. You, beloved, are a very curious individual. And the truth is that most people that step on a spiritual path 
consciously in a particular lifetime, curiosity is one of their great gifts. But if they are coming from um, a life of depression or pain due to childhood trauma, health issues, if they're coming from a darker place when they finally arrive at their conscious spiritual journey, then what tends to happen is they think of themselves as filled with doubts. But I would say that what you're actually filled with is curiosity. And I encourage curiosity again and again and again. So when you feel that you're doubting, look at it, break it down into curiosity and fear. Address the fear and follow the curiosity. Hmm? Yes, okay. And it will lead to... Discovery. Self-awareness, yes. Self-awareness, understanding, acceptance, and and back to self-love. So it's a little detour away from self-love, these gifts. Mm. No, or I would say we not way around. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, but everyone does, beloved. Uh, no one just dives right into the heart of love. It's too scary, too big. Hmm? Again, like procrastination. Mm. Just because it's positive and wonderful doesn't mean it's any less big than something like procrastination. Uh, so you have to approach love in the same way. It's a circuitous route. Yes, it's never direct. True. But all roads mm-hmm. lead to Rome, right? So yeah. no matter yes. what path you choose, ultimately you are choosing the path of love. Yes. Okay. This is beautiful. Okay. Um, When, excuse me, no, I I think you've, I think if I ask another question, it is um, just another way of asking a previous one, and I think you've answered that succinctly. Um, Good. There is, uh, feel this transmission is complete, Mother? I do, yes. Okay. Then there's one final question that I neglected to ask you some time ago, but it was very important. Right. Mother, will you be my friend? Hmm. Yes, beloved. I am already and have always been your friend, my love. And so the answer is giant, big, yes. It would be my honor, my dear. Thank you, Mother. I knew it would, but I, I Danielle uh, emphasized that she loves when people ask her to be her friend, and I've spoken to you twice and forgot to get mm. formal, shall we say. I know you've been there, yes. and I, I adore you, and I cherish all that you've, you've done for me all my life, and especially mm. now. And uh, I appreciate your creating and sharing a sacred space with me, Danielle, and all the listeners. And I look forward to our time together very soon. And I do as well, beloved. Namaste. Namaste, Mother.
Hello. <clears throat> Hello. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's great. That was great. <sighs> I, you I know, sometimes my. So much. I know. My goodness, I, you know, I feel like this, this sappy little, um, limp. Like I just want to, you know, I just want to liquefy and just like melt into her arms and <laughs> yeah. don't ever leave me, you know. But yeah. I, you know, I. I have been writing questions down as those revelations hit me, or if Jesus says, you know, yes, this is an acceptable, acceptable question, but I, I have to feel it out that, I, you know, I really like this topic. I, I liked it that it was isolated. She did answer my question about Mother Earth and that whole vision I had. Um, so that was great, but that was enough. So I left it there. Yeah. And whenever yeah. it's appropriate, I'll just make a running list. And um, because she's right, I am curious. I am a curious person. But you won't often yeah. hear me define myself as such because here's the reason, and here's what she said. You know, when you come from a place of depression or trauma or childhood issues, I think what I and what many of us do when we experience pain as a child is we deny ourselves that curiosity out of fear of disappointment or Absolutely. unworthiness. So, Absolutely. Um, it's a so protective measure. It's a protective it measure. Definitely. It is. Mm-hmm. And, and I never looked at my doubt as curiosity with fear until mother. I mean, she taught me that, and it was a revelation. It was a revelation. Mm-hmm. You want to hear another good one? I had to get rid of my doubt. Right. No, but it, there's there's energy, all this energy within energy. And you want to hear something that Jesus taught me? Because yes. I I was so empathic that as someone was crying in front of me, I would burst into tears and cry with them, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and you would think that that's a pretty nice thing to do. But but yeah. it, I saw that it was really tripping me up because I couldn't focus because I was so emotionally entangled in their emotions. Yeah. So how can I, as a, a psychic or a spiritual teacher or a counselor, hold, hold space for them and hold myself together if I'm crying? Yeah. And then this yeah. uh, spontaneous event occurred to where um, I was being peeled like an onion it felt like and I would get home from work and tears would just run out of my eyes and Mm. uh, my mother was living with me at the time and she would say what's the matter with you I said there's nothing wrong I swear normally I was a depression head but I said I swear there's nothing wrong I'm not experiencing anything other than all I can describe is it feels like I'm being peeled like an onion and I have a leaky head and my body is responding, and I'm going to let that happen. I'm sure God knows what's happening, and so I'm okay with that, and I'll just go along with this process. Coming out of that process, what it did was it gave me independence from an attachment to the other person so that when they were experiencing emotional disquiet, I didn't have to as well. Yes. Yeah. So once that was complete, and then sometime later when Jesus came through, he he touched back on that and said, you know, you remember this, of course. And he said, well, here's the reason. He said, Mm. you are very compassionate towards others, very loving. He says, but but there's kind of like a banana peel to empathize with someone who is in pain or in the dark. Um, To empathize with them shows compassion. However, when you sympathize with them, and that's where you went wrong, you were sympathizing with those people. And the problem is that sympathy, while it is compassion, it's also a mixed, there's also a mixed component. Let me say that again. 
the thing is that sympathy is compassion, but it is also mixed with self-pity. Yes. Yes. That's where you went wrong. You know, oh, okay. So once you kind of get that and pull it apart, you go, okay. And and you kind of know what to do energetically and emotionally. But it's like the same thing. That's good stuff. That makes complete sense. That makes complete sense. Yes. What I wanted to add, yes, I am. She's right. I am a curious person on the inside. <laughs> yeah. But you won't, you wouldn't normally hear me describe that. But I've heard myself say out loud dozens of times, I want information. Right. And if I see that there is information that will help me understand this stuff, I will crawl through broken glass to get it. There you go. That's a, <laughs> you are a curious person. I'm very How's that for extreme curiosity, right? Yep, yep. I hear you. I hear you. And uh, there, it's it. It is what it is. I think you know we have to be curious in order to um, be willing to stay on a spiritual path because it is difficult. It is sometimes filled with revelations that are painful. Um, it's no guarantee to happiness in the respect that it's more about consciousness rather than happiness. If that, or I should say that's, you know, been my experience, the happiness comes, um, but pain is also a, a part of life. And so it takes courage to be on this path. So I don't think you can do it without curiosity. I really don't. I don't know that you it- could. Well, it would get me over fear, and like, uh, like we didn't have any money when I was a kid. So if I wanted something, I taught myself to just say, "Well, you, you probably can't afford it, so don't even bother wanting it." And then, mm. as an adult, I had to help myself get over that by, I told myself, "Just get a little curious. I wonder how much it costs. You may be surprised." There you go. Then yeah, I found, go. "Oh, that's not. Oh, it's not ten thousand dollars for contact lenses. <laughs> it's it's only a hundred and seventy-five. I can do that. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. So I, I, I do. So I, want, I do. I want everybody listening to look at where you feel you are not worthy of something and then get curious, get curious, curious, and then mm. go inside that energy, as Mother said, and go step by step toward seeing yourself with whatever or in that situation where you reach your goal. Do you, That's do you, right. Danielle, do you believe that? No matter what we come into this life with, a list of issues, a growth that needs to occur, that we can turn it all around and truly create the life that we want? I do, but I also believe that I'm creating the life I want as I'm turning it around. You know, I think that it is the turning around of the things I came in with is what provides me with the life that I, that I want. Does that make sense? That's if a good way of saying it. If I don't make the effort to turn it around, I'll never have the life that I want. But it doesn't mean that I have to turn it around. I just have to be willing to settle for the way things are now, and that's fine. I mean, I can settle for just the way things are now and sort of float or in this way, or I can continue to go deeper and it is in that process of going deeper that I do turn things around and that 
that's what creates the life I want. Because I don't know about you, but to me, this plays to my curiosity. I came here to discover myself. So the life that I want isn't on the outside. It's on the inside. You know, how that translates on on the outside isn't, it's somewhat up to me for sure, but ultimately that's up to mother and life and fate and whatever. But, you know, the life that I came here to live is happening on the inside. And, you know, so turning over those issues, going deeper and acknowledging that, you know, all the work that goes around that, that's what I came here to do. And that's what gives me the life that I want. Because every time I do it, I think, not, not only do I discover more about that issue, but I always discover really great things about myself. Like, wow, I didn't know that I had that gift. Or I get a childhood memory back that was actually really lovely and wonderful that I didn't have because I was afraid to look at the, the yucky childhood memories and the scary ones. And when I confronted the scary ones, I also got the really great ones back. So it's a, it's a claiming of self because no matter what I came in with and how difficult it was, it was not misery 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every single moment up until right now. That's, that's not realistic. I don't know anybody that lives like that. You know, there are always these good things that happen, these moments of love, these moments of, of laughter these moments of joy that, that are woven throughout my life. And so mm. if, I, if I'm willing to discover my issues or to turn those around, I always get the great stuff, always get the great stuff with it. Yes, I hear a protest in my head, so I'm going to, um, I, I try to stay attached to the energy of the listeners, so I have to bring this energy into the conversation. As for me, um, there was, in, for a very long time, there were intense periods of time where there was a lot of pain. Yeah. But to say it like you did, where it wasn't 24-7, so I have to jump in there and say that for many of us, it may have felt that way, but if you take a good okay. look, and don't be afraid of looking, because when we look into, into the face of fear, we find that there's nothing there. If you do feel, if you look back and feel strongly that you did go through a nightmare or torture or just pain 24-7, then you have to acknowledge and accept the idea that you were adding to it and doing that to yourself. Because I don't think life or spirit or God would just to survive something like that. So in our own mind, we have to bring that peace in. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a particularly difficult period of my childhood, and uh, during that period, I was gifted with flying dreams. And it was the same dream over and over again, only it, would just, it kept expanding and expanding and expanding. And I've, I've never really had them like that since, you know. And, and it was just this incredibly unexpected, unlooked-for gift I didn't grow up in a home where, you know, we examined our dreams or whatever, but it was awesome for me. And they happened almost every night, at least three or four times a week. Um, And I look back on that now and I think, God, that is one of the things that just saved me during that time. They were so 
joyful and extraordinary and wonderful. And I don't, I don't dismiss those things anymore. You know, it used to be that I needed to proclaim how horrible my life was or my childhood. And, and mother really has taught me that no, it was not all horrible. That's just not pop. People, as you said, they don't survive that. And when people, children are exposed to that kind of horrible torture, 24, I mean, their body, you don't survive. You don't no. live through that. And, no. and they're, you know, they uh, pass to, you know, to the next, life so um if we survived that means we had some kind of a balance going on yes and And acknowledging that is so empowering so empowering yes and it's it's we have a we have quite a number of parallels i would assume in our lives because um what got me through it was the spirituality and metaphysics it started at four and a half when my dreams turned to color and um i I kind of got on to my mother about that because she didn't warn me ahead of time that that would happen. How could she possibly know? But the flying dreams, the flying yeah. dreams, the first one I ever had, I was flying over this strange-looking marsh, mm. and it was the Everglades, and I live in Florida now, and, and, I, and I'm close to the Everglades, and it's like, okay, comes full circle. Wow. But those are those, those spiritual and metaphysical experiences and out-of-body experiences and um, things that I did that I, the only reason I was able to pull it off because, is because I never doubted that it was possible in the first place, like yeah. creating energy walls. That's a topic for another time. But actually, we have a caller uh, on the line with a question for the two of us. Um, and since they pop it up after her mother went, where does she go? Home? Where do I, what do I say? <laughs> after her mother left? <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been wonderful, Danielle. Thank you so much again for joining me. And I want to remind everybody, go to BelovedPublications.com. Learn more about Danielle, Mother, and all that they are offering the world. Um, And as you said earlier, Danielle, you are are making available every two weeks uh, brief videos. So we get to immerse ourselves even more uh, into the teachings. And don't forget ConsciousTalk.net on Fridays. Uh, I'll go thank ahead, you Daniel. so much, Charlotte. I was just going to say thank you. It is always such a joy to be on with you and uh, love you so much. I love you too. I really do. And please <laughs> give that love also to Brenda and Rob when you speak with them on Friday, okay? I will for sure. All right. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, hon. Take care. All right, everybody. That's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, God bless and be at peace. The Mattress Instant Savings Event is going on now at Ashley Home Store. Save up to $300 instantly on select mattresses or get five years no interest, no money down, no minimum purchase on our best mattress brands. Get a Temper Cloud Prima Queen Mattress, now just $29 per month, or a Serta iComfort Flush Mattress, only $30 per month. Plus, add a power base starting at an additional $10 per month. Hurry in today for instant mattress savings, only at America's number one furniture and mattress store, Ashley Home Store. This is home. Offer subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payment required. See store for details. When I listen to Audible, I'm not flying to my third sales meeting this month. I'm on a romantic date with my vampire boyfriend, Pierre. That 
pale skin, those dark, mysterious eyes, and those pointy teeth. Take me away, Pierre! Ma'am. I want to become queen of the night! Ma'am. Something to drink? Water, please. Go to audible.com slash start trial and your first download is free. Audible. Stories that surround you.